What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. We're going to talk about why it's okay to get really excited about Nick Everest committing. You can do that and not think that he's the next Heisman winner. There's a weird pushback right now with some Badger fans who are trying to really, I guess, douse water on the excitement of this. We're going to talk about that today, plus a big-time cornerback prospect is coming to Madison. That At least we think he is. We're going to talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. I am your host, Ryan Herrings. Really appreciate everybody tuning in on YouTube, on listening on the podcast. We're building this community. I think it's going to become one of the best Badger communities on the internet if it already isn't one of the best. And I really appreciate everybody helping build that. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk today, continue talking Nick Evers a little bit, but from a different angle. And I, it's, I found it interesting, right? There is almost a, a subcurrent of Badger fans who are pushing back, who are kind of dousing water on the, the Evers excitement with the idea that, you know, Badger fans should be kind of over star rankings after seeing what Graham Mertz did, or the idea that he hasn't really done anything. You need to temper your expectations, or the idea that suddenly Badger fans think, oh, Oh, Nick Evers is going to lead us to seven national titles, and here's our Heisman Trophy winner. Here's what I would say on this. Um, first of all, fan however you want to fan, right? I, I Absolutely. I'm not here to tell anybody how to be a fan. If you want to be like the super realist, grounded, I'm not going to get excited about anything fan until I see it happen. That's fine. Like we all, we all fan different, and there's room for all of us here. But so much – don't – I. You don't need to douse water in everyone else's excitement because that's how you want to look at it. I don't know. There's so many reasons why fans are excited about this that go beyond Nick Evers that I don't think people are really articulating or looking at, right? So let's start with Nick Evers, though. Let's start with the the obvious candy in front of us here. It's a four-star, former top 200 prospect with four years of eligibility and dual threat, um, uh, dual threat athletic tools. If you're not going to get excited about this, you might as well not pay attention to recruiting, right? You might as well just be a fan who only tunes in 12 Saturdays a week or 12 Saturdays a year. And that's all your fandom is. And that's fine. But like the idea that Badger fans shouldn't get too stoked about this because it didn't work out for Graham Mertz. You should get, if you follow recruiting, this is why you do it. You don't follow recruiting. I'm sorry, but you don't follow recruiting to see Roderick Pierce decommit and go to Michigan. You follow recruiting to see a stud quarterback fall into your lap and come to Madison, right? And so much of being a fan is hope. It's optimism. It's what's different, what's exciting. Listen, out of those boxes, you know which ones Evers checks? Every single one of them, right? Different, exciting, unique, fun, eligibility. Like he checks every box that makes us want to be fans. We want to see quarterbacks with incredible ability. And he might not get there. He may not be the dude. Um, but he might also be the dude like, and it's, I just, I'm finding interesting that so many people are pushing back. I shouldn't even say so many people, but more than I thought are pushing back with the idea that it didn't work for Mertz. I don't know about this guy. You don't have to know about him to be excited about him. Right. Let me give you a great example. I'm a sci-fi fan. Like I love the alien movies and the predator movies. They were two of my favorite franchises growing up. I watched them all. And then they decided that they were going to do an alien versus predator crossover movie. If you remember that, I'm sorry if I'm boring anybody. And I was so stoked because those are my two favorite sci-fi franchises. And it was a terrible movie, but I still got excited for it. Like part of part of it, the joy of being into things is the buildup and the excitement for it to come. So 
be excited for Evers. It doesn't mean if you're excited for Nick Evers committing, you think he's going to be Justin Herbert and win the Heisman and, and go or to be Kyler Murray and be the number one overall pick. Like nobody's saying that, but be excited about it. Like it's a big deal. The other thing I want to talk about a little bit, and the reason that it's bigger than Evers and it's more than just him when people are excited is it feels like a tentpole moment for the program. It feels like a trajectory changer, not because of Evers, but because of what Evers represents. Evers represents the, the idea that the Badgers can now go big game hunting in the offseason, right? Uh, I would say the previous staff was maybe a little bit more of a hunter-gatherer. This is going to get a four-star quarterback in the transfer portal is big game hunting. And that's what people are excited about as well. It's Evers, but it's also what Evers represents, right? He's Mertz was a, a blue chip prospect that Paul Chris brought in, true. But he was also a high school prospect that the staff was on before anybody else and developed a relationship before anybody else and got him in the fold before he blew up. It's different than Nick Evers, who he talked about it. He didn't get into specifics, but he said multiple schools in the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, a Pac-12 school, a Big 12 school, I forget. But he had he could have gone a lot of places. And this is not a high school player that the Wisconsin staff got in on early and beat people to the punch. This was an elite blue chip transfer quarterback that Wisconsin went into the portal, said, thank you very much. We will take that. That's different than what we've had recently. Look back to last year. Graham Mertz was coming off a season with 11 picks and 10 touchdowns. Objectively, and a lot of people talked about it, you you needed to add talent to the quarterback spot. And what did the staff do? They did nothing, right? They 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 brought in Miles Burkett, who I really like. I'm not trying to sell Miles Burkett short at all. I think he has physical tools that are better than people realize. He's great in tangibles. He's a winner, accurate. But they also should have brought in a transfer quarterback, right? That wasn't good enough quarterback production to just sit pat and say, we're going to do another year of merge. There should at least be competition. And this staff, I mean, this staff has shown you the ability they can go to the portal and land an elite dude. Um, that's the other reason why people are excited. People see this as a, a, a further validation that the dynamics are shifting at Wisconsin. So I would say let people be excited because it's not just Everest. It's also the dynamics at Wisconsin. The other thing I'd point out, because I've seen this and I, I, here and there too, people very concerned about, I, I would say the tradition at Wisconsin being maybe dismantled or changed irreparably by Luke Fickle and going somewhere where we're not comfortable going. What I would tell you with this is look at, take the schemes out of it. The schemes are, are the schemes, but think about what are the core principles of Wisconsin football? Like if you really had to boil it down to a few foundational things, right? It's playing hard. It's being physical and tough. It's developing and identifying talent. It's securing the state, right? Fickle does all of that. Like the, the tenets of Wisconsin football, Fickle does. You talk about player identification and, and talent development. Cincinnati put nine dudes into the NFL last year without recruiting at a blue chip level. Like that's Wisconsin. That's, that's the version of Wisconsin that we have all wanted Wisconsin to be and what they've been when they've been most successful. You talk about physical defenses and, and playing hard. Go look at those Cincinnati teams. That's all they did. Fly around the football, big physical defensive backs. It's, it's who they are. You talk about one of the, the foundational pieces of Wisconsin, running the ball. Phil Longo wants to run the ball. He had um, a season with two guys, almost 1,000 yards. Like, that's not going away. You talk about securing the state. And this is one that a lot of people talked about. Oh, is Lou Fickle, does he know how important Wisconsin is? And what about the, the PWO program? We just had another in-state preferred walk-on commit today. There's been multiple 
PWOs commit since Luke Fickle got here. Like he gets it. Uh, you know, the player today from Sun Prairie, Nolan Vills, a uh, defensive lineman committed. And he's also a guy you talk about securing the state. What did Luke Fickle talk about? I need to within 300 miles of Madison. We're going to secure it. That's the state of Wisconsin. Obviously, other places as well. One of his first things he did was go to multiple in-state high schools and meet with coaches who, quite frankly, if you read the story, I think it's up in the athletic, um, just rave about him. No, I'm sorry. I think Jake Kokorowski has that that story if you want to read about it. But the in-state coaches that have already met Luke Fickle rave about him. One of the guys, um, Mike Gwench, says, I'm really excited, quote, really excited for Wisconsin football and for the entire state because he is really locked in on nailing down that 300-mile radius. You know, he's going to lock down the state. His players are going to play hard. They're going to develop talent. They're still going to run the ball. All the things that have made Wisconsin so great, Fickle's still going to do that. And Jim Leonard said it best. Tradition doesn't die when you adapt. So I would be excited about it. I'd be excited about what he's doing to enhance the Wisconsin Foundation. Um, and I would be very excited about Nick Evers, not just because of the player himself, but because of what he represents that this staff is able to do, right? You should have confidence now that this staff is able to go into the portal, that our NIL is competitive, and he can pull a blue chip, legit talent at a major position of need with other interests from Power 5 programs. Like, Footkill has that type of power. So I'm excited. Be excited. It's okay if you're not, but don't rain on everyone else's parade. All right, coming up. Big time defensive back coming to Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to talk about him or potentially coming to Wisconsin, but I think he is. We're going to talk about him, what his game is like, why he's unique, and why it's another validation point for Luke Fickle. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at LinkedIn. And, you know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it's something I've used in my professional career. It's something our company uses. I have a professional network that I've gotten smarter and more uh, marketable through LinkedIn. Um, and LinkedIn also helps your small businesses tremendously with screening questions, makes it easier to focus on the candidates uh, with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Um, it's why small businesses continue to rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. I, I want to thank everybody again for tuning in to Lockdown Badgers, making this one of your first listens every day. Really, really do appreciate y'all. Uh, don't forget, December 23rd, big swag giveaway, autograph, gear, pictures, Giving it all the way on YouTube Live. All you got to do is join the show. It's going to be on the 23rd. Answer Badger Trivia question. It's a way for me to say thank you um, to everyone who's helped support the show. So with that, let's keep talking. Um, I want to talk about this. We talked about this guy briefly with John Garcia Jr. doing the, one of our recruiting shows. By the way, John Garcia Jr. will be on Thursday. Uh, so we're going to recap early signing day. You're not going to want to miss that show either. He's incredible. Very, very plugged in. Uh, let's talk Amari Snowden. right? Let's talk... The six foot three, 190 pound, um, just safety cornerback hybrid. He looks kind of like a werewolf out there on his film, just ranging around, destroying and and just taking the heart of opposing passing games. Um, he's unique. You know, when I talked to John Garcia Jr., so Amari Snowden's are, I should start here. Amari Snowden, 6'3, 190 pounds, was a former Cincinnati commit, uh, composite four star defensive back for, for uh, the 247 rankings. And a player that when I talked to John Garcia Jr. about his eyes lit up, you know, John Garcia Jr., national recruiting guy, he said, this guy's different. Like his eyes lit up. I wasn't even planning on talking Snowden with um, Garcia in, in that show, but 
we had to segue on him because he was so excited about him. When you watch film of Amari Snowden, he just looks different. And he's already got multiple crystal balls to Wisconsin. Uh, so it sounds like everything is trending on early signing day for him to make that decision to Wisconsin, to Luke Fickle, who he had committed to previously. And when you go watch film on him, he's just different. He looks, you know, you look at the current crop of Badger safeties, and I think that's his position going forward. He's listed as a cornerback. I think he's going to be a safety in college. When you look at who we have at safety, it's a lot of guys who feel more like athletic in the box dudes. Like Hunter Waller can play deep middle, but he's a big time thumper, 6'1. Austin Brown feels like an in the box guy a little bit. Um, Kamoi Latu is rangy, but also really physical. You know, this guy comes in, Amari Stone, with 6'3, super long arms, like really long arms, really rangy, plays like a center fielder. He looks like that Tanner McAvoy center fielder in the defensive backfield that we haven't had in a while necessarily. And I think he fits into that role. Um, great anticipation, gets over the top on routes, really eliminates basically everything on his hash over, right? Um, deep middle, deep center, um, good ball skills. He's also played some receiver. This is just a different type of player. Uh, we talked a lot about Luke Fickle getting in on taller defensive backs, bigger defensive backs, right? This definitely fits that mold. Um, plus, like, again, this just watch film. We'll link film in the bio of the show. He is a different dude and would be a monster pickup for the Badgers coming on early signing day. And I think that's where he's going to go. Everybody seems to be leaning that way, barring something crazy. I think you're going to add um, Amari Snowden into this secondary group that has already, we're already bringing in Braden Moore, who's another quasi four-star safety, right? Bringing in Jonas DeClunas, who's a six-foot cornerback with great ball skills. There's a lot to like here. And by the way, don't forget about Jace Arnold, right, from the previous staff who's still committed. Arnold's smaller. He's not the typical fickle build, but he's a burner. He's one of the fastest defensive backs we brought in in a while. I think he could be that slot cornerback, a lot of speed, playmaking ability. I love this group of defensive backs they're bringing in. And it's going to be really interesting to see the, the secondary evolve with these bigger playmakers, these more physical playmakers underneath that coaching staff at Cincinnati that developed so much talent uh, while they're with the Bearcats. So check on Amari Snowden. We'll put the film in the bio. Really interesting. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, I also want to talk about, we got news that Travion Blaylock, who hurt himself, was going to be a starter this year for the Badger safety, uh, hurt himself preseason. He's planning on coming back next year. This safety group is ridiculously deep in young talent. Um, you know, Travion Blaylock is a young, really athletic guy. If he comes fully back, but you have Kamoi Latou, Austin Brown, Hunter Wohler. You're bringing in Amari Snowden, who I think is going to be a corner. Braden Moore in this class is a four-star safety. This is the deepest group at safety with young talent that I've probably ever seen at Wisconsin in my time watching it. It's really exciting. And if you remember, you go back really to spring ball, when Travion Blaylock got hurt and everyone was just like, this safety group is is so light. Um, but then Hunter Wohler emerged. Kamoi Latou was a transfer in. We landed Braden Moore. We're going to bring in Amari Snowden. It's a much deeper group now. I'm really excited to see how that goes forward. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about early bowl game thoughts. How do I feel about who should start at, corner, at, at quarterback? Is it Miles Burkett, Chase Wolf? I've seen people argue both sides of this. I'm going to let you know who I think should be starting at quarterback for the bowl game. Coming up next on Locked On Badgers. Uh, but first, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at the Na National Highway Transport Safety Administration. Um, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? And I've talked about this several times. The holidays are here. You know, you just you got to be extra careful. There's more parties. You know, there's more get togethers. There's more spirits flowing. There's more everything going on. So please be careful. 
um, behind the wheel, whatever you're doing. And again, driving high is considered driving under the influence. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. Pets believe law enforcement can also tell. So what make, you know, so driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time, change how you perceive time and speed. Even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the National Highway Transport Safety Administration. All right, let's talk about a uh, bowl game coming up. One more game this year. One more game with, uh, at least for now, with Jim Leonard on the sideline. Um, the biggest question here, they released a, a, poll, a bowl game depth chart, right? And quarterback is Miles Burkett or Chase Wolf. And I've seen people argue on both sides of this. Let me know in the comments who you think should start. Um, and we'll talk about it in a, in a future show, what your guys' thoughts are. So I, you have to start Miles Burkett is where I'm at. Let me just lead with that. I don't want to bury that. You have to start Miles Burkett. But I would be lying if I, there is a part of me who respects the heck out of Chase Wolf, who's been in the program for six years, has never complained, hasn't transferred, has kept grinding. Um, teammates seem to really like him. Coaches seem to really like him. There's a part of me, I get the nostalgic factor of give him some reps. It would be a great story. But at the end of the day, here's how you got to look at it. This is a business, right? What serves the team best going forward? Is it getting Chase Wolf? I'm, I'm certainly not going to say pity reps because he's been in the program. He's earned reps. It's certainly not that. But is it getting him nostalgic reps? Or is, is does it serve the program more to get Miles Burkett, who could be a potential quarterback of the future, live game reps so you can evaluate him? What what makes more sense in the big picture, right? The bowl game is not meaningless. I, I've heard that comment before that these bowl games are meaningless or throwaway. Reps are never throwaway reps, right? Coaches will tell you that. Film is never throwaway film. It all matters. Every chance you get to do something is a chance to build on something. It's a chance to grow. It's a chance to get better. These reps in this bowl game matter, not just for Miles Burkett. I'm going to get into some more players I'm interested to see as well, but you have to take the big picture strategic look at this. Miles Burkett could be your starter next year. Like lost in all the Nick Adver's hype. Miles Burkett, I think, is a legit dude. He can move. He's accurate. He's got leadership capabilities. He won in high school. Um, the teammates are, he came in and immediately on seated Deacon Hill. Like he could be the dude. And no people, when we talk about Nick Evers, people have come on the show or made comments about, I think you guys are selling Miles Burkett short. I'm not trying to do that. Like he could be the guy, right? And he's going to fight for that spot. So give him these reps right now and let him start building towards it. It just makes a lot more sense in the big picture. Now, what I would love to see is give Burkett the start, let him get basically all the reps and make, get Chase Wolf out there. Give him a series. I, I'm totally on board with that. I know that's maybe a tiny bit of a cop-out answer, but I want Burkett starting. I want him getting the majority of the reps. If you can work Chase Wolf in there in a package, maybe he is pretty mobile. He's got a solid arm, maybe um, something down near the goal line where he can use his legs and it's an easy read. It would be cool to see that because I do. there's a human element to this, and I respect the heck out of that dude who spent this much time in the program, never transferred, and really just kind of stuck through it, right? So I would love to see that, but it's got to be Burkett. You have to start Burkett. You got to see what he is, see where he's at right now, and let him get reps so he can start building and growing because he can be a part of the future. Chase Wolf's not going to be a part of the future. So that's where I'm at on that one. Um, a couple more players that I'm really interested in seeing in this bowl game. It's, I'm going to start with outside linebackers. So we know Nick Herbig, 
uh, is going to the NFL, he's gone. And I got to be honest, the the trio of kind of young players coming up behind him, right? It's Caden Johnson, Daryl Peterson, TJ Bowlers. I think we all wanted to see more from that group this year. Uh, it was kind of supposed to be the Daryl Peterson breakout tour. And I, he had moments and he's still a physical yoked up dude. But I don't think we really saw that breakout tour from him that we anticipated. And Bowlers hasn't really been able to get on the field. Right. He was a highly, highly thought of prospect, big time recruit out of Iowa. And then you have um, Caden Johnson, a four star commit out of Minnesota that hasn't really made a big impact either. There's not a lot of proven edge linebackers right now. So it'd be really nice to see one of those players step up, play meaningful minutes of the bowl game, see what they have. Uh, Caden Johnson is listed as the starter alongside CJ Getz for what it's worth. But I think you're going to see Peterson. I hope to see some of bowlers out there as well. Um, the next spot I'm interested in seeing is Gio Paez, but really Curtis Neal, right? Because again, we talked about Herbie leaving. That's a big hole. Keanu Benton leaving is a monstrous hole. That is a four-year starter, 320-pound run-plugging dude hole. And you got to fill it. You got to find a way to, you know, get production there next year. Um, you know, and there's not a lot of obvious excuse me, candidates on the roster. It's Paez and it's Curtis Neal, who was a highly thought of recruit coming off injury, Got has gotten run this year. I would like to see him in extended minutes, see how he looks. Now, he's not going to be the guy Benton is, but could he be a disrupted defensive lineman? Maybe. That would be a big-time boost for this defense um, coming into next year. I want to see Trey Wedding and Riley Mallman, right? So we've talked a lot about the tackle backlog, the amount of talent there, right? And we haven't even talked about Nolan Rucci, but – it looks like, I mean, listen, Jack Nelson, if he's back, is going to be the starter at left tackle next year. And then at this other spot, you know, Riley Mallman had the job at the beginning of the year, got hurt. We saw some of Wedding out there. We saw some of Logan Brown before he transferred. Is it going to be Riley Mallman next year at right tackle? And if so, does that force Trey Wedding, a guy who I think is a really good potential right tackle, into guard into a guard position, right? I, I don't think Trey Wedding has looked great at guard this year. Is he going to be able to fit there? Is he going to be able to stay there? I don't know. I'm very interested in that. So I want to see some of the offensive linemen. And last but not least, I kind of just want to see off the backup defensive lineman, Cade McDonald. Is he able to flash a little bit? Are we able to see maybe some of the young corners? Is an Avion Jones, a Max Lofi, how do they look? Like it, I'm very interested to see how they kind of mix and move those players around as well. Um, but with that, yeah, that's kind of the players I'm interested in. I think you have to start Miles Burkett because – Quite frankly, he has a future in the program, and it's no disrespect to Chase Wolf, but Chase doesn't, you know. So I think you have to go with Burkett. I think it makes sense. Um, both, I mean, and frankly, I think Burkett can play. So I think he can help you win this game, but he can also help solidify himself or at least start building for a future role. So whatever that may be. Um, again, I appreciate everybody tuning in to Lockdown Badgers, making this your first listen every day. Really, really do appreciate it. A bunch more content coming up. We'll talk with Rajiv tomorrow. We, then we got uh, early signing day. Then we'll have John Garcia Jr. back on. I'm working on getting some other players and coaches on as well. So, yeah, really do appreciate it. On Wisconsin, and uh, let's keep it going.